In this week's show, I want to talk about something I learned from Anthony Joshua's fight this week that can help any race driver out there. Hello to everybody on YouTube, Facebook and the podcast, Spotify, everything, wherever you consume this. Hello, this is Enzo with the Race Driver Coach Show, nearing the end of season three. Um, thank you. I just want to say it now. Thank you to everybody who's contributed by comments, by watching, by listening, by sending me emails for more questions. I've got so many questions now that people want to know in all different areas of racing, whether it's out of the car, in the car, on the simulator. It's all related. What I teach, what I teach drivers is all related to anything they do in racing and outside of racing because it's the personal performance side, plus all the experience I've had through coaching in the last 20 years. We've got pretty much everything covered from the entrepreneurial skills to the mindset, to the mental skills and the driving technique you need to win to get what you want out of this sport. Sounds like a sales pitch. It's not. I'm just going off as you know I always do. But thank you to everyone for everything. We've got season four pretty much listed out now with all the questions. I can't even fit in what I want to talk about, but I will. And today is something I want to talk about because you might not know, but I'm a big boxing fan, especially the heavyweight. And at the moment, heavyweight division. And at the moment with Anthony Joshua, Wilder, Tyson Fury, and Ruiz now who's back, is in the ring all of a sudden. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's probably the best, it's nearly the best it's been since I've been alive. And actually, I think it probably is. We all want the big three to fight each other. It's going to happen one day, maybe 2021. Anthony Joshua will get in with Wilder or Fury. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but just bat against me. Push back. Give me your comments on it because I love to talk about boxing. But anyway, this is what inspired today's video. I don't know if you saw the, the match last week. It was amazing. I actually bought box office for the first time ever. Normally, I watch it in other ways, but this time I thought, no, I'm going to go and do it this way. I've been to see him at Cardiff before, Anthony Joshua, for, for in live. It was amazing. But this time, box office. And it didn't disappoint. In fact, my eyes were glued on the screen. If you watched the fight in June, it was pretty epic. Because from round three, Joshua was out of it. Took a hit because he went in too close combat. And if you go in too close, if you're a big guy going in too close with somebody with the hand speed of Ruiz, you're in his world. He will, he will eat you up if you go into his space. So that's what Joshua did different this time. Lost some weight, was a bit springier on his feet, kept the distance, would do a jab, would pull back, would do a two-punch combo, then hold. He did everything like they used to back in the day. And I couldn't believe what I was watching because it looked like Muhammad Ali. Similar kind of shorts, the white shorts and everything. And, and the way he was moving back in, out, the speed, the sidesteps, it was pretty much looking at someone from the 60s and 70s. Two things came to mind. The second thing is what I'm basing this video on. The first thing was my realization that if Muhammad Ali, if we brought him back from when he was in his heyday, was in that match, he would have beat Ruiz as well. Because it was the same style. In fact, Muhammad Ali was probably even quicker than Joshua. So he would actually land three punches and then clear out. He was quicker at dodging the punches. So it's, it's quite a rude awakening to know that the, the, the fighters back in 
20, 30 years ago can beat the ones now. And it's only my opinion, but looking at it, I really believe that Muhammad Ali could have won that fight as well. Don't know if he would have beat Joshua, but still, Ruizi would have, my opinion. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing, which is relatable to everybody who's watching this, try and make everything relatable to drivers in, in and outside the car, and this is no exception, was the fact that how he changed his approach, his philosophy on how he fights in order to win that match. And I don't see enough drivers doing this. I don't see enough drivers adjusting the way they drive, adjusting the way they approach their races, how they drive that certain car they're in that particular year in order to win the race, in order to win the championship. You just stay as you are. Far too many drivers do. And I've coached everybody now from the karting all the way up to in a Formula One car, IndyCar, DTM. I haven't done NASCAR. Have I? No, I've never coached in NASCAR and things like that. But pretty much I've had a good span of drivers, all different kinds of capabilities. But most often they don't adjust their driving to the car they're in. And they don't adjust their driving or their mindset or their approach, their philosophy to the race they're just about to go into or the track. That's what I want to speak about today. Because I get a lot of drivers saying, how do I be a little bit more consistent? How do I get a better lap time around here? And there's obviously about a hundred different answers you can give to that because it depends on so many things. You'd have to work with the driver really to get an idea of what their struggle is because they're just thinking of the end result, which is inconsistency or not quick enough. Now that's the end of the equation. <laughs> there's lots of things that add up to create that result or that outcome. But when it comes to driving, I've got a tip here and I'm not sure if I've said it before and if I have, I really apologize, but this has reminded me of it so I know it's important. And that is, when you go to a track, I need you to make it very simple. The rules for how to win, which is basically how to get a good lap time at that track. And now I'm just pretending I'm looking at a circuit and you're overlooking the circuit or even a track map and you think to yourself, how is one, how is a driver going to be quick around that track? What would they need to believe? How would they need to approach it? Now, when I ask a driver this, then they, they try and tell me, oh, you take turn one, third gear, you brake at the hundred, you get down the gears quick, you come off the brake, wait for it to rotate and go there. It's all about the exit. Then they'll talk about turn two, then turn three and turn four. And it's so much information that when you're traveling at 200 kilometers an hour, 250, whatever the speed is, when you're traveling at that speed and you're trying to process all this brake of the 100, down the gears fast, off, rotate, oh, I've got to bleed actually a little bit on this one, keep the weight on the nose a little bit, wait and go. it's a lot to think. And then you go to the second corner, you've got all that to think about. And once you get used to that, you do your 20 laps and then you start to really push for a lap time because you realize you're off the pace. And then you start to do all this thing, the, these commands even faster in the head. You say, right, I'm going to break just after the 90, the 100 now. Now I'm going to do this and it's all messy. The head is so busy and scatty. It, it's all firing all over the place. And then you've got the pressure of looking down at the lap time again or seeing your delta. It's not there. It's too much. This is the kind of thing that Joshua did in the first match when he lost. It's okay. There's lots of other things like he didn't take it seriously and things like this, whatever. But when I see drivers overworking in the head on just how to drive each corner, 
I know they're going to be slow. I know that, or if they're quick, if they're somewhere up there, they're going to be highly stressed. So how about this? How about you change your philosophy on how you go to a track? So when you go to a circuit, okay, there's probably 10 corners, right? The first thing, the first tip I want you to, to really take in is this. Number one is which corners are the most important for the lap time? So if you have these 10 corners, say, actually, I'm going to start this really easy. Let's look at Brands Hatch Indy. Now, if everyone's, the people that are listening to this, it's on the screen. Brands Hatch is like four corners. Four corners. Now, turn one is a quick, with a, a quick corner with a downhill exit. Turn two is like a hairpin, but a bigger version. Turn three is a quick left. And number four, actually, there's five corners, but no, I just call it number four, which is clear ways. It's got a quick kidney left, right before you break in and then it's a long right onto the, onto the start finish straight, right? So it's a very, very simple circuit. Now, when you look at that, depending on what car, you can look at that track and say, which one or two corners are the most important? If you wanna to get to a track and learn it quick, this is the kind of thing you gotta do. Which one or two corners are the most important for a lap time? So if, I'm, if, I, if I crack them, if I take them really well, then I'll know I'll probably be within a second of the pace. This is the question to answer. So when you look at Brands Hatch, Brands Hatch really is the last corner is vital. All the others are vital as well, because they add up, obviously. But you say, okay, for this car, because it's a bit of a handful on the break-in and getting it in, and you've got to get the nose tucked in before you can put the power in, then really, it's the last corner, clearways, that I've got to master, because you lose so much time. If you gain a little bit going in, you lose loads coming out and opposite as well. And if you, if you lose going in to get a good exit, you can put the power on too early. So there's going to be a lot of little tricks for that last corner. Okay, so you go out there just knowing you got the advice, which is the one corner I need to master and I'm going to do that. I'm obviously going to master the others while I'm out there and get good at them. But really, this one is the one that most, most drivers struggle with, so I'm going to nail it. Okay, that's pretty much it. So that's kind of going into a fight with Joshua. He would say, okay, I learned from the last fight, got my ass kicked. I took a hit and couldn't, re couldn't regain consciousness really from it all the way through to... I think it was round seven or something. They finally stopped it. I can't remember now. So he said, okay, what's the one thing I've got to do to win this match? I've got to keep my distance. Very simple. But that is the game plan. That's the, 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 the kind of philosophy. So, how, okay, what does that mean? If I need to keep my distance, staying in the boxing ring, if I need to keep my distance, what's that mean? I better get quick. I better lose some muscle. I better be very quick again in and out. I better start sparring against fighters that are a similar stature with a similar skill set as Ruiz so I can get used to this in and out in and hold same for you what's the simple philosophy to be quick around this track you ask the team you ask the driver coach you ask your teammate or people that know the track really well or ask yourself if you know the track what would I say is the one rule that someone needs around this whole circuit to be quick and if it's just master that corner if it's just the kind of mindset you need to approach this type of circuit, you need to have confidence around blind corners, you need to trust the wall, there'll be a certain rule, one or two certain rules or a philosophy that's required for that particular track or that particular car around that track. You must learn it. You must know it before you touch the circuit, before you get in the car. So you make sure then your preparation is aligned with that one or two rule philosophy 
And when you go out there, that's where the focus is. And you'll actually become that person. If I do need to be braver, if I do need to make sure I've got to have my vision up around this circuit, because if you start looking down, you're really late to the throttle all the time. But if you look through the corners at this particular circuit, it's a, a lot easier, then just go with that. That's your one philosophy. So have, to be quick early on, have an overall philosophy. Obviously, to be quick early on, you need good car control, know the speed and how to drive the car. But circuit-wise, have an overall philosophy, make it very simple of what's got to be done. Then that helps you prepare for it and it helps you approach it in the right way. Okay? Now, if you look at any other circuit, it's similar as well, by the way. You can pick two or three. If there's 16 corners, like, like we do when we go to the Grand Prix circuits, still, you will find out that there's probably four or five corners that you really must master. And then this takes me on to my second thing, which, number two, which corners match each other. So say I go, just going straight into what I just said now, carrying on what I just said. If you've got these 16 corners and you know that five of them are very vital for the lap time or most vital, they're the priority, you'll probably find that two of them require one certain kind of driving style. So say if it's uh, slow corners, you say, right, I've got to be really deep on the brakes here and get it rotating and get on that power as quick as possible. That's two of them done. Then the other three are high speed and I've got to keep my vision up or I've got to make sure I go in flat out, turn and then adjust in this high downforce car. That's what I've got to remember in the high speed. I can't lift and turn because it unsettles the car. F3 cars are like this, Formula Renaults are like this as well. So you've got to be really, because it's all the aero, you've got to turn in full power, then adjust. In a touring car, that would make you go sideways or understeer off. But um, yeah, it depends on the car. But you can actually look at these five corners and actually simplify them down even more to how have these two and three, what have they got in common? How do I approach them? So this allows you, now you can understand how drivers like in F3 and F2 get to a new circuit they only, F1 circuit, they only have 45 minutes practice and then straight into quali. These are the kind of learning tactics that they use. Simplifying. So number one and two are very similar. Number one was have an overall philosophy. A certain really one or two important rules that you need to know. And number two, when you've got lots of corners, get your top five, your top four, top three. And then from there, make them very simple. Like, oh yeah, corner one and 10 are very similar. If I approach them the same way, I'll be pretty quick there. And you match them up. Right, then the third thing, number three is the mindset you have. Now this is something that not a lot of coaches talk about, but I talk about it a lot. Whether it's a driver who's at the very top of the sport or a brand new kid who's trying to learn, or even a simulator driver. Whoever it is, this is important. Now, I'm putting up a map now of Silverstone. Now, Silverstone is a, call, a, a, sorry, a circuit of two halves. You have got one half that is super high speed. So to be quick at that half, which I've actually showed now, it's probably, it's basically, it's Cops, it's through Beckett's, um, down the Hangar Strait and through Stowe, right? All that section, it's a long way. That requires, or there's certain drivers that are quick through them corners because they're all high speed. So you've got these ballsy drivers, you've got these drivers who are very good through high speed. They're amazing through those sections. So that's it. But then the rest, nearly, the rest of, actually in turn one as well, but nearly the rest of the lap, the other sectors that we haven't spoken about. So it's like the, the new turn three, four, 
then you've got Brooklands and Luffield and Vale. That's a different mindset. They're slow corners. They're combination corners at slow speed as well. So you have to make sure that you're manipulating the car right. You know how to do slow corners, different kind of driver. So very often you get drivers that are good in the slow corners and you get drivers that are good in the fast corners. But for you to be overall quick, I want you to change your mindset. So if you're driving Silverstone, you'll come out of Luffield, which is that long, slow right-hander, long, long corner, and then you've got high speed for the next two kilometers, three kilometers, right? Go into fast mode. You change. As soon as you come out of Luffield, now you're in high speed mode. You tell the brain that you've got lots of high speed corners coming. Please activate Mr. High Speed or Mrs. High Speed. Put them in control. Then all of a sudden you will see that it'll be Mr. S or Mrs. Smooth driving the car, keeping the momentum in the car, making sure they drive like that. And then when they get to the series of slow corners, right, change of mindset. Now I've got to be the driver that's good in slow speed corners, medium to slow combination, but the erratic type, making sure they get the nose in, thinking about the exit on the power. Completely different mindset to high speed driving. What I see, the problem is, is drivers will come to me and say, I'm good through high speed corners. And I'll just leave it like that. They won't try and advance the slow speed too much. They'll just think now I'm a high speed corner driver. I feel confident and I'm like, Congratulations, you're gonna be quick around the first half of the court, the circuit, but not the second, or vice versa. So I, I say to you, again, thinking of a boxer, when they're fighting somebody with a certain style, they have to change their style to equip them to answer what's coming from that other fighter, so they're ready. So if one changes it up, one goes from Southpaw to Orthodox, you've got to change. Now I'm in a different mindset, I've got different priorities. A driver's no different. And you'll see a few circuits like this. I think uh, Barcelona was there the other week, testing with F3, and had a kid in F Renault as well there. And that's another one. You've got high speed sections, sections where you have to keep the minimum speed up like mad, all around the first part of the circuit, all the way, pretty much all the way to turn 10. And then it becomes a different monster. Now it's hairpin, it's a left into a long right. It's followed virtually immediately by a right that's off camber, then a, a hair chicane, sorry, to the start finish straight. Can't talk. But that's two different mindsets again. So if you do turn one, okay, it's late braking, but you get off the brake and you power, you go through turn two and three, four's fast in, five is a little bit slow, seven up the hill, nine is flat out. That's all fast frantic, well not frantic, that's the wrong word in, fast kind of driver mindset. Then when you get to turn 10, you switch into the driver who can do hairpins and chicanes. But I don't need, I don't want you, and drivers should never be, in the fast guy or fast girl mindset when they're doing hairpins, because you'll try and get the break in too late. You'll try and rush in. So what I'm saying is make sure your mindset, your viewpoint, your philosophy changes with what's coming up next. Because you're kind of like on a conveyor belt when you're on, on a track. You've just got corner after corner coming at you. And if you go into each corner with the same kind of outlook, the same kind of rules inside of how you drive, you're gonna be missing a few tenths or seconds, depending on your skill. So change it. Be the kind of person you come into a high-speed corner, you know how to take high speed, and you're in a high-speed mindset. Your vision goes a little bit longer, 
like looking further ahead, thinking about the exit more, thinking about that apex because it's coming up faster. So you need to put your head a little bit further ahead, your vision a little bit further ahead so you plan for it. So because what you do here influences longer down the road now, further down the road. And you're smoother with the controls, but then when you get to the slow speed, you come into there, you're a bit more direct. You feel it, you're getting the car on the nose and that's different again, you're waking up the muscles. So different mindsets in one lap. And then you have to keep changing from one to the other until it becomes natural, until you just approach things that, that way. So three things. Most of it comes down to simplifying the objective down to chunk size things, just bite size things, sorry, so you can just approach it as you like, instead of over cramming the mind. Because if you over cram the mind with all these instructions, it's gonna be the conscious part that's fully loaded with all these instructions. And if you've got someone buzzing in the mirror behind you while you're telling the, the car and the, your feet and your hands to do all these different actions, you'll fry, you'll, you'll get stressed and you'll overdrive and you'll panic. And if you're thinking about lap time, you'll do the same. So how about just simplifying it down? Get your car control really good, of course, before all this happens, but get it all down and simplify it to say, okay, what's the overall philosophy? Then when you've got lots of corners, what is the most important one? Even when you haven't got lots of corners, what's the most important one or two corners? What's similar between the two corners? So have the same approach and set up in the car. So if four of the corners are similar, then you're gonna have a setup that's pretty much towards them them corners. Uh, and then at the end of it, change your mindset, have the mentality of the kind of corners that are coming your way. And this is like having a fight with a track, just like in the boxing ring. You're adjusting, you're finding out the opponents. The opponents is really the circuit, not the other drivers. It's the circuit. You are trying to challenge the circuit. It's challenging you. And the way it's designed and the car you're in is giving you some kind of mathematical equation and this is what you've got to overcome and solve. No different to any other sport. Tennis is the same. Depends who you're playing. If they're doing loads of top spins at you all the time, you have to adjust your game. You can't play them the same as someone who's always doing back spins and smashing it down the court all the time. You have to change. I'm not seeing enough drivers change. But to change, you've got to simplify it, take a look, and, and change your approach to what's got to be done. If you've got a certain style of driving, that's great, but that certain style won't fit all tracks. That certain style won't fit all cars. It's up to you to change to the situations, to the weather, to the car, to the track, to the tire, to the setup, to the team. You adapt. You be this chameleon. You, whoever does this quicker wins. If you're the one that's saying, okay, I'm gonna change my approach in order to do what needs to be done to get this good lap time, then do it because most drivers don't. I hope you've got all this. It was quite a lot, I just fed it all out. And as usual, I've got no script. I just talk and talk and talk. So I don't even know how it sounds until I listen to it back and hopefully it's all right. And I hope there's just one or two things in here that just remind you of what to do next time you're out, whether it's on the sim or it's on the track. But good luck to you all. I'll see you next week.